Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. <laughs> Some other f- so, you know, Andre Vasilevsky winning the con Smythe, like, I get it. Like, he did a good job, but... Like your goaltender facing the Montreal Canadiens, this like f-ing, f-ing young ass mother f-ing lucky ass f-ing team. Like, yeah, you're gonna do good. Cause I feel like it's like the easy nod to go to the goaltender nowadays. I didn't even watch the f-ing series, I couldn't because the Bruins lost, and that's really tough. But anyway, I'm f-ed up. I'm gonna go before I embarrass myself. Um, <laughs> love y'all. Have a good episode. Bye, Drew. I don't know how to hang up. Oh, leave. Here's the button the stop Drew button. Stop him. Drew Johnson, everybody. Wow. All right, welcome to episode 61 of Brews and Bruins, a the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Die Hard, sponsored by DraftKings <laughs> as I slow down while saying that because I realized that Cam has not pulled up the ad he made up on the episode that we lost. Uh, by the way, yeah, I don't want to like point fingers or anything or place blame because things like this happen, but uh, we recorded last night and uh, Cam lost the recording. Um, and so now we're allegedly, here, allegedly. Here recording again. Um, the funny thing is I, I had wanted to suggest that we have jess on yesterday but then decided it was kind of stupid to like have a guest on because we didn't know what was going to happen uh in the series um because game five was tonight as we record uh so we can actually talk about it um and for that we have brought on our dear friend jess butthead belmasto of lockdown nhl um that's me the Wednesday show, I believe, yeah. is, is the date. Um, Western Conference Wednesday. Wow. Um, yeah. And Locked on Flames. Uh, truly thriving over here. <laughs> we're, we're trying. <laughs> we're doing the best we can. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. We're hoping to be joined by Lancey later. And Cam has the ad read up. Let's <laughs> there we go. go Thank Cam. you, guys. All right. Well, <laughs> Did you guys know that the Bruce and Bruce podcast is sponsored by DraftKings? McGregor versus Poirier is all set for UFC 264. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prices. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There is no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. That's millions, folks. That's a lot more followers than we have on Twitter for now. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. Well, maybe not as much for hockey now, unless they're doing other leagues. <laughs> Worth checking out. Either way, DraftKings is a safe, secure, and reliable service that you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Guys, this is the McGregor versus Poirier rubber match. A lot of people are waiting for this one. People don't just fight on skates. They do it in cages, and it's aggressive, they so check it out. rubber, and then... We got the rubber part, at least. Yeah, anyway, download the DraftKings app. Use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN, millions in total prizes. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Damn, this fucking dog. Yeah, yesterday uh, we we did the clap sync thing at the beginning of the episode, and uh, the dog was just chilling there and heard me clap and then just started barking for like 10 minutes and we could not get the dog to stop barking. <laughs> uh, luckily, I thought it added something of value to the podcast. Well, well luckily, fucked up the intro and ha- had to re-record it even though it didn't re- re-record. Uh, 
so it gave us time for the dog to calm down. But uh, as you all know, uh, listeners, uh, the first word of our podcast is brews. So let's talk about some brews. What are we drinking, folks? Jess, what you got? Um, I have a Harpoon Rec League. Yes, Jess. Um, yes. My friend and I went camping last night, and she said, here, have my leftover beer. So I've never had this before. Um, Good friend. Yeah. Great friend. She's fantastic. Um, so, you know, I would give it a 35 out of 37. And then wait, what's the other one? <laughs> Is it drinkability? <laughs> we, we got taste and we got drinkability. Okay. So taste... 35 out of 37 and then this could go down very easily 10 out of 10 recommend all right uh cam what you got bud uh not a beer today i'm going for a cider today or a, a cider apparently according to the can uh it's my poor attempt at a boston accent new york coming through uh it is a wild fermented blueberry cider from urban farms fermentary uh right up the road in portland I love my different ciders, and I'm a big blueberry fan, and Maine being big blueberry state, apparently. Didn't know that till I moved here, but pretty clutch. It's the perfect combo right here, and it is probably the best cider I've ever had. It is really, really good. Obviously pretty sweet, um, but still has that like crisp, fresh apple taste to it, um, which I think a lot of like the name brand ciders kind of like sugar the hell out of it, and you kind of lose that a little bit. So this definitely has that, and then you can really can taste the fresh blueberry, which is awesome. Drinkability, 5.5%. You're getting the light beer out of it. Um, goes down really easy, nice and sweet, and uh, pretty pretty high, I'd say, for drinkability because it's not overly uh, sugared, like I said. So I'd give it a solid 32 for drinkability, taste, 30, 33 for taste, Um Strong enough to enjoy it, but like I said, not like overpowering. So I think right really in that middle ground that you want for cider where it's like sweet enough to taste it and you can pick out those individual flavors, but it's not necessarily like you're chugging just a bottle of sugar, which I feel like certain name brands, which shall not be named in case they want to sponsor us sometime occasionally are like that. All right. Well, I'm I'm running it back. I, I did this yesterday. I got one left, so we better have this recording work because... Uh, it's the only chance we're going to have at it. My buddy Mike left uh, a couple of these beers at my other friend's house on, on the 4th. So uh, I was tasked with bringing them home. Um, and approximately a year ago uh, on my birthday episode last year, the uh, the first episode of this podcast that I missed, um, one of y'all had a Bell's Two-Hearted Ale an IPA on this podcast and uh, I'm coming back with the Bell's lighthearted ale. Always interested in, in how breweries do their, their session IPAs. Um, they can be terrible um, and taste nothing like an IPA or they can be great and taste a lot like an IPA. Um, not a whole lot in between the, the worst thing you can do with a session IPA is just make it taste like uh, hop water. Uh, like you just threw hops in a, in a beer really quickly and didn't let anything, anything go. Um, let's give it a go. Yeah, that's, uh, it's got the IPA flavor. It doesn't feel manufactured. Um, and it has that, uh, 3.7% alcohol. So you could absolutely crush these all day. So, um, drinkability, we're going, we're going 35. That's, that's good, solid drinkability. And then for taste, we're going 20. Um, and, uh, w whenever that, uh, lost recording resurfaces, Lancey can compare and contrast the two. Right <laughs> yeah. And we sure as hell don't remember from last night, <laughs> like less than 24 hours ago, <laughs> but I would be remiss if I didn't, uh, return to read the funniest thing on the side of this can, which is all in one sentence with no commas, nothing, just equal spacing. It says Puerto Rico do not litter. So you heard it here first. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, do not litter. Yep. Might be a good name for this episode, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Stanley Cup Finals winning episode. Our name has nothing to do with hockey. It's just some bullshit off the side of the can. All right. But so if you're listening that's to this, great clicking, clickbait sort of thing. <laughs> if, if you're listening to this, it's Friday or later. Um, the Stanley Cup champions are your Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, not your Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, 
the NHL. Maybe you're Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe be a Lightning fan and just Victor be listening Hedman to all the podcasts. Right now. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, anybody could be listening to this podcast. Who knows? Um, I, I think I'm I'm on the I'm on the record as being a not necessarily a lover of the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I would much prefer see much prefer to see the. Uh, best team win over a team that did not deserve to be there and that happened um but speaking of people who didn't deserve to be there um patrick maroon uh (laughs) back to back to back stanley cup champion um and i have his hockey page up you all deign to guess what his overall percentage in the league is in terms of value provided to his team. So the best player in the league will be at a 100. The worst will be at one. 12. A point five. <laughs> he's a, uh, he's a bad player. He's at 24% and does actually provide positive value on the power play, which oh. is interesting because he's not a first power play guy. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, it is Tampa Bay. So, he is a negative at even strength defense. He does not play on the penalty kill. And defense is goals above replacement, though his expected goals above replacement is in the negative. <laughs> so uh, 33-year-old Patrick, Patrick Maroon just like riding coattails to three straight Stanley Cups. Yeah, officially three times better than Patrice Bergeron, right? That's how that works. Okay, um, <laughs> you're fired. We're just gonna start. I've been fired so many times that I'm hired. Yeah, I uh, I texted Jess um, saying, well, Jess said that you know he did absolutely nothing and did the most, like absolute king. Um, and I responded. I was going to say goals, but he doesn't do that. So let's say objectives. <laughs> objectives. There you go. Uh, well, to circle back a little bit, um, not I guess it's going to be like hit to like shit on the Montreal Canadiens now, which even if, you know what I mean, like if it's the mainstream thing to do, I'm not as fine. I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, but I am glad that we could kind of put this whole like Montreal deserved it just as much as Tampa thing like no. to bed. Actually, that people were trying to say at the beginning of the seat, like or at the beginning of the series. Um, I don't want to like gatekeeping is not the right word. I don't want to like you know be like oh smart people hockey. So it's just not a like a I feel like a smart hockey take to have. But like as somebody who watched the North Division um, religiously, like none of those teams deserved to be in the final at all. I don't care if it's Toronto or the Canadians, you or the other two teams, Winnipeg and Connor McDavid. But um, <laughs> you know, like yeah. they just did not deserve to be there. It absolutely should have been Colorado or Vegas. Yeah, and I don't want to be like, oh, like 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 Montreal didn't just like obviously like completely luck their way past a team like Vegas or you know what I mean. I don't right. want to like not give them credit for winning literally four hockey games, but the. It's realizing that it was literally four hockey games and not a season long, which I think Chris has some takes on actually later, but we'll get to that. An 82-game season plus a playoff run is a lot different. And obviously, over the course of the 82-game season or the 56-game season at this at this point, and then the playoffs, Tampa Bay is the far and away better team. And Absolutely. you know what I mean? I feel like I'm not trying to just like shit on Montreal, but I feel like you're doing a disservice to Tampa Bay and like not recognizing how dominant that team is by saying like, oh, Montreal deserves to be there just as much because they beat Vegas in four games. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not Definitely. true. And I think everybody needs to realize that Tampa Bay isn't just, you know, a top line team. They are stacked yeah. from top to bottom. Their blue line pretty great you know they had norris trophy nominee um who shouldn't have been nominated but it's fine um it's whatever and then you have andre vasilevsky who just won the con Smythe. so and probably should have won the vesna right yeah like uh let's the, be honest i would say probably the best goal in the world right now right anybody's well, got any I mean, objections to that if you're pierre lebrun you think the top two goalies in the world were playing in that series right now 
<laughs> the do universe. love me some Carrie Price, but I'm not sure yeah, I'm going that far. The guy who's like got like a 906 save percentage over the last three years. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, like back in his prime, different conversation, sure. but you know. And if uh, I remember correctly, just last season, people were saying that Price's contract was horrible. I, they've been saying like, that for longer than just last season. But like, I feel like it. They were so like, like people had finally turned the corner and like come to terms, and they were like, okay, like maybe this isn't the prime carry price that we signed. Recall and, that they traded for Jake Allen. Uh, <laughs> like that's that's when you know you're in trouble because like, yikes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> Just a mess. Any uh, spicy takes on Tampa Bay? Or just, I mean, they were the best team. They they did the thing that they were supposed to do. Cool for them. Um, mm-hmm. Happy they beat Montreal, but let's maybe switch it up next year because yeah, I'm going to be Patrick Maroon to get four. <laughs> it's kind of like in basketball and honestly even football when you have like the Warriors going like all the time, you got LeBron going all the time, then you have Tom Brady going off. Like, come on, Patrick Maroon should not be in that conversation with those two. So like not, not the Tampa Bay Lightning, just Patrick Maroon. Patrick Maroon, the Tom Brady of the NHL. Exactly. But what are they gonna do about the cap situation? Because it's gonna be tough. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Like, there already that was a problem we had. They already did. They already won back to back cups. You know what I mean? At this point, even if they flop for the next decade, someone's gonna like Nancy Kerrigan. Kucherov on their way out tonight. Just so no, Kucherov. Kucherov put in his time. I think it's somebody else's turn. All right, um, Pat Maroon. No, I'm just kidding. No, well, yeah, this could not be used that as would, legal. Legal that wouldn't provide wouldn't any cap relief anyway. Um, no. I, I think even including their their free agents uh, coming off the books, they're still five mil over the cap, so they're gonna have to. That's do disgusting. Um, yeah, it turns out like if you're 17 point whatever. Over the cat, it's gonna be pretty tough to that out. Maybe they just like sit out next season. <laughs> They're just um, like, nah, yeah, we're out. We're just gonna party. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Well, the the funny thing to me is the, I guess it wasn't the reason, but like the reason why they had to do all of this, or like the reason why it was necessary to have players on that long term IR, um, was in order to, you know, re up, uh, Mikhail Sergachev and uh anthony sorelli and both those guys had like not great seasons so uh turns karma. out like yeah i mean the karma uh, they won the cup won so the cup. yeah it doesn't really work but it's fine <laughs> but i mean it's pretty funny that they had to go through all these gymnastics and people are saying like oh they cheated but like the guys that they cheated to make room for like suck didn't really do that also much. i don't know like i i do like it is kind of sus but also their cheating involved like kucherov not playing the entire season so it's like they like they kind of yeah. che- and like granted he wasn't gonna play for most of it anyway because of injury but it's like they also like didn't have their best player anyway and they were still that good yep so and like i mean and yes yeah, stamp goes for a large portion of the among season. others yeah but yeah like the and fact people, that we're not even or barely mentioning that shows you how deep they are. Yeah. Like. But people are always like advocating like for players like best interest. And something that I've had to like drill into people's heads or like I just say all the time on the podcast is that just because a player is cleared to play does not mean that they are 100% healed. So if he took a few extra months to, you know, heal fully – a little R and R. Yeah. Like, oh, oh no, he did a little extra physical therapy out on the golf course today. You guys, he's fine. Like, Got a stretch. Long, the long term quality of life is also pretty pretty good for him right now, considering he's won two cups. So yeah, it's. I, I mean, it, fine. You could be mad about the rule, but I think it's weird to be mad at a team exploiting the rule. Right, like it's not against the rules for any a team, reason. Like any team, any team would do have it. done it. Yeah, right. I mean, if the Bruins had done it, and they have in the past, they were crazy mid-season a few years ago, went on long-term IR, and I think that allowed for the Gamla trade. So, um, 
it's it's just one of those things that like if if your team does it you're like yeah what a savvy move and if another team does it yeah. that you don't like you're like well fuck those cheaters exactly so, like savvy versus slimy <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's one of those things that people can like be fake mad about too. That I feel like is something we see all the time with hockey Twitter. So it's on brand. It's fine. It is. Uh, my my last uh, spicy take. Um, I don't know if it's spicy. Nikita Kucherov should have won the Conn Smythe. Um, I know Andre Vasilevsky had a. He gave up two goals per game over the course of the entire playoffs. That's <laughs> pretty dope um but also just like an insanely good defensive team in front of him not saying like he didn't do anything on his own but you know it's most of the good goalies late deep in the playoffs have done something uh, like carry price two three four goals against like the good stuff nikita kutra had nine more points than anybody else in the playoffs and the other person, the closest person to him was on his line. So, <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, you just got to say, like, this dude just had one of the most incredible playoff runs in recent history and tip your cap to him. But I, don't know. I feel like every year, whatever team wins the Stanley Cup, if their goalie had, like, a 920 to 930 save, they're giving them the con Smythe and moving on. But... Whatever. Yeah, I feel like it. I kind of do get like the the perspective of like, well, oh god, I can't believe Andre Vasilevsky's only twenty six. Sorry, that's <laughs> uh, it, like it's one of those things where like it, he played well enough that it's like okay, if he doesn't win it here, what does the goalie have to do to do it? But I feel like that does get trumped by the fact that like it's not like Kucherov was just like the best forward. It was just like he was the best playoff performer that we've seen in quite a while so i on one hand i get like vasilevsky again if if any goalie plays that well and they don't get it then what do they have to do to earn it but then again it's like you gotta look at both sides as well he had five consecutive game clinching shutouts yeah that's pretty cool (laughs) yeah i mean like yeah the the games like you know extending back to game Six against. What if Tuca yeah. do that? He won't. He doesn't show up for the big games. Chris, get it together. Just it has to be like that. Too much, you know. Yeah. Listen. Poopa Rask. It's fine. <laughs> Why does anybody have me on their podcast? <laughs> Don't worry, Jess. You're, you're the cold open, and it's not that one. Oh boy, can't wait! I think calling the Oilers uh, Connor McDavid was. I mean, not wrong. <laughs> like, I'm not wrong. So it's fine. <laughs> it's literally fine. And they're about to sign Dunk or trade for Duncan Keith, so it's Ooh, fine. Fun stuff, yeah. <laughs> wow. Please, Duncan Keith. Uh, if if y'all are new here, <laughs> I looked at Duncan Keith's evolving hockey page, and he he was uh, somewhere in the one to two percentile one to second first to second percentile in uh providing value to their team so um, that's fantastic send him oh, and also Edmonton. nobody signed seth jones because he's also in the second percentile you mean that somebody's going... trade for him because he wanted to be traded for <laughs> also cam i just need to shout out your old bay shirt yeah it's a oh, great wait shirt. no it's about to get a lot better you ready for this yes we have the oh my god wow um, That's fantastic. For those, for those listening, there's a black lab on the back holding a box of it's Old Bay. What do you call, do? You call that a box of Old Bay? That's it's like a, a tin, yeah, it's a can of Old Bay, can of Old Bay. Oh, yeah. and on the front it says Old Bay in the Old Navy font. You know what's even better than Old Bay though? Nothing. New Bay. Drew Johnson. What's <laughs> up, <laughs> motherfuckers? So, you know, Andre Vasilevsky winning the Conn Smythe. Like, I get it. Like, he did a good job. But, like, your goaltender facing the Montreal Canadiens is, like, fucking, fucking young-ass, motherfucking lucky-ass fucking team. And, like, yeah, you're going to do good. So why, like, was he good all playoffs? Like, what's the deal? Was yes, he good he was all good playoffs, all playoffs or was it just the easiest fucking option they had? 
Because I feel like it's like the easy nod to go to the goaltender nowadays. Drew, Drew firmly on my side. side. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even watch the fucking series. I couldn't because the Bruins lost, and that's really tough. But anyway, I'm fucked up. I'm going to go before I embarrass myself. Um, <laughs> love y'all. Have a good episode. Bye, Drew. I don't know how to hang up. Oh, leave. Here's the button. The stop Drew button. Stop cam. <laughs> Drew Johnson, everybody. Wow. I was uh, trying to like signal to him to mute himself when he wasn't talking and it just it wasn't happening. Yeah, that was that was tough. Okay. Um I I love Drew. Um I was so happy that he tweeted out that episode with the uh he quote tweeted it with the caption uh uncharacteristically easy listen. Um when when our last episode was like the first 15 seconds was us alternating each word. Um, probably the most difficult list in the history of our podcast. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's a pretty tough title, though. That's true. We've, we've had some tough ones. Um, and, uh, the, the history of our podcast goes back uh, to the dark ages of quarantine when there were no sports and we had to do a sports uh, podcast. You know, we we <laughs> had a board game have- tournament. At least you didn't have to host one every single day. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. We wouldn't have been doing that. <laughs> I don't even oh, remember what I talked about. I I don't. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Just that was remarkable time. timing by Drew to like jump the, the Vashlevsky. Yeah. We've been going for half an hour here, and he hit the Vashlevsky. I just dropped him the link, and like it was a while ago. Like he was in the Twitter DM, so like yeah, he just hopped in and right the right the times. I I was thinking that was Lancey. Me too. Um, I was not expecting. Yeah, where is Lance? Hey, Lance is going on the pod. Everybody, stay tuned. Paragraphs. Then he's cracking open a beer. That's his update. That, See, that's, that's the wrong beer. order between those two things. Right? You got to crack yeah, the beer I and then do the three I four crack the beer first. But yeah, yeah. you got to stay hydrated out there. It was a hot one out there today. At least was it Portland? But I anyway, mean, we don't need to talk about Portland weather as much as it's going to hurt my buddy Matt's feelings. Uh, <laughs> John hockey. Cooper just said. I just stood there and chewed gum. I don't know the context. I'm assuming. I'm, I'm guessing somebody asked him. Uh, how'd you how, do it? How did you do this twice in a row? Um, and he said, team was good. Yeah. John Cooper has like a pretty remarkable story as a coach. Seems like a really good dude. Um, yeah, he's won at all different like- levels. Yeah, he kind of just was like a guy who was like, you know what, I just want to coach hockey. And he started doing it. I guess that sounds very vague. Like, <laughs> later than most people, you know what I mean? Like, he was just like yeah, living I... a normal life. And I think he was like mid-30s, something like that. It was like, I want to coach hockey and just started doing it and just kind of climbed the ranks. And, yeah, God. I mean, look at him now, obviously. Like, But that's just a remarkable rise on it. It's like Brad Marchand-esque as far as, like, right? expectations versus reality. Like. Like, it just must be so cool to, you know, be able to be like, yeah, I just want to pick something up for fun as, like, a full-grown adult. And then just, like, succeed at it with, like, no expectations. If only. Yeah, even succeed is, like, an understanding. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I've I've, uh, listened to an interview with him on – Men in Blazers podcast. If any soccer fans out there, really good show. Um, like I think it was like last. Actually, yeah, it was last year because they had just won the cup. Um, and he was just kind of talking to the host about like all of that and how he came up and stuff. And it's just like follow your dreams and stuff. I don't know. It's just cool. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's cool to see somebody just like really be like, hey, I want to do this, and then succeed at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're Shows. never too old. Yeah, shouts to soccer. We got the Euros going on right now, and shouts to my my boys, the Danes. They gave it a good fight. They Went down to those those blokes from England today. Yeah, go Italy! Yay. Yeah, I'm going. I'm pulling for Italy here. This yeah, one. I think I got to switch up and, and yeah, go with Italy. I, I have no real uh, no real rooting interest, but Italy's fun. I don't really watch soccer, so. You know, I hope that the best team wins. I hope they have fun. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of kind of the vibe we're going for for sports. 
until post pandemic like, sports. I hope yeah. everybody has fun. I hope you all stay safe and have fun. That's it. <laughs> Does anybody have a uh, just to spin this back to hockey here? And now that the season's over, maybe a, maybe a favorite moment, not necessarily Bruins related, but um, of the season or anything that stands out. It was Ooh, a weird year, so yeah. What you got? I got one. It was the six-five uh, overtime win Ottawa sent the Toronto Maple Leafs uh legitimately like one of the best hockey games that's happened over the past decade um i believe the maple leafs maple leafs are up 5-1 mm-hmm. um and the senators came back and beat them 6-5 in overtime and it was that was a game. just a, just a classic like lol maple leafs moment and i'm pretty sure one of my favorite moments happened that same night i could be very wrong but austin matthews had I believe a five point game going and everyone's like, Oh, is he as good as Connor McDavid? And we're all like, no, he's not. And then Connor McDavid, I think went out and had like an eight point night against the I, flames. I it's think fine. that might've, that might've been the same night. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, <laughs> Cause okay. I, I think I was playing DFS with the THPN boys that night and I picked both Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews and everyone <laughs> roasted me. They're like, you can't do that. You can't like spend all your money on two players. And then they went out and scored 13 points. <laughs> yeah. Like it's fine. It's uh, Connor McDavid is just one of those fascinating players. I mean, obviously he's as good as you're ever going to find, but watching him night after night was a treat. People don't appreciate him enough. No. Continues because, to be, yeah. because even, even when he's not scoring, he's still generating insane opportunities, and those are the highlights yeah. you don't see. You do, not. you do see him sometimes because I know, I know some people on Twitter like clip things, and they're like, "Well, this wasn't in the highlight package, but I like recorded it off my DVR." <laughs> <laughs> like, watch Connor McDavid do this. There's <laughs> just like a highlight of him chipping the puck to himself and like bouncing it over yeah. a defenseman and catching it, and then like deking the goalie and like hitting the post. Just like, like yeah. really just do that. You're like, oh my god, what an idiot! He hit the post. <laughs> Connor McDavid. I think the best way to sell him is like it's worth watching somebody's like iPhone four video of their like box TV screen highlights of goals that oh, he doesn't yeah. score. <laughs> like it's still worth it. It's Absolutely. and it's, it really sucks that that the Oilers didn't play well in the playoffs and that. I mean, I think he was still kind of on his bullshit there, but like people don't get to see Connor McDavid a lot, especially in America. And um, so when he does get on that, on that stage and like, doesn't do the thing, um, it sucks for, for people who do get to watch Connor McDavid and like, just really frustrating. Come on. Yeah. Everyone should see how great this guy is. Um, and, he, and he did kind of do it in the bubble against Chicago, even though they lost that series because Edmonton scored on basically every power play that series. And I had the I had the Oilers uh, power play uh, alarm going off every time they had a power play. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. I, I will say it's going to be interesting um, with ESPN taking coverage. I feel like they do in other sports, like especially the NBA, but even – the NFL and, and sort of Major League Baseball, they do a very good job of like marketing star athletes. Um, I mean, like LeBron is obviously like the classic example. I go, you just be on LeBron, whatever. But they, they do a great job of marketing like players and stars. And I'm interested to see whether they dig into somebody like McDavid, who is that good, but doesn't necessarily have as much of the personality off the ice that's visible to the, the general public and is also tucked away out in Edmonton whether they're just going to be like, keep running him because he is so goddamn good at hockey and people watching his highlights are going to be like, holy shit, that's amazing. <laughs> and they're going to go, I want to go watch this incredible thing. Or if they're going to lean more toward people like your David Posternox, who are also really damn good, not quite there, but have way more personality to sell outside of just that and play in a market like Boston or New York or LA or something like that. I think my favorite thing was everybody having a meltdown about Austin Matthews not being tagged in the video with Justin Bieber when they were like walking into that fight yeah, or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, ESPN's taking over hockey and they don't know 
who Austin Matthews is. To be honest, they both looked like two men at the gas station that I would avoid. Okay. <laughs> like, I think no. Austin Matthews has proven that he's someone. Yeah. If you're in your car, you should avoid because he, he he's just pull not his a good person. Yeah. Like I'm all set with that. I don't need to tag you and be like, oh, okay, I know who you are. I don't need to bring attention to you. But I'm just petty like that, so that's why I'm not hired to run any social media accounts. <laughs> I don't think we would be either. Um, anybody got any uh, season low lights? Favorite like shitty things? <laughs> the fucking Islanders. Oh, like, yeah. uh, doesn't have to be for the Bruins. I can I can lead off because my favorite was the uh, 18 game losing streak by the oh. Buffalo Sabers. That's right. Um, that did happen this absolutely year. Absolutely wild. And then, and then the the backlash trying to convince people that it wasn't a losing streak because they lost in overtime or shootouts a couple of times or whatever. Yeah. Uh, no. What's it? What's it say? Uh, it's what's the L stand for in OTL? Just uh, let, let me know. Loss. Loss. O- I over, think. Overtime. A little Much? bit close to winning. Yeah. I think. I mean. Not to go back to the flames here, but I think my, I think the funniest thing was when Vancouver put up like 40 shots in the first period and they ended up, uh, the flames ended up losing like six to nothing. It was great. It was wow. a fun time. Great hockey night in Canada game. Uh, <laughs> very happy. very happy to spend one of my winter nights in watching that it's kind of like a train wreck couldn't stop watching but glad it finally ended i don't really know if i have a low point to be honest with you i was trying to just soak it up this season (laughs) like uh i mean the only thing i can notice like remember that like you know really hurt was like the playoff loss obviously but um one thing i think we do need to throw back to was maybe the most charming thing I've ever seen, but David Posternock wanting to get back to Barbie girl was just like the yeah. peak happiness. I was like, wow, this guy is, that's my King right there. David Posternock. Lake Tahoe that whole, was, a, yeah. was a real was peak so of the good. season. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. That's the thing I'm going to remember the most. I think from this season. Yeah. I think good, good stuff from Lake Tahoe. I think for Bruins lows though, it would be like the regular season games against the Islanders. They were boring. They weren't fun. I don't know. I liked, I liked watching ball. the Islanders score seven times. Uh, that was always fun. Yeah, I'm sure the, it was. The, Island, the Islanders <laughs> and Rangers, like, back-to-back against the Bruins, going, like, winning by seven, I think. I think yeah. the Rangers won, like, eight to one, and the Islanders won seven to nothing. Um, setting a recent record for most goals scored against the in back-to-back games um Brutal. pretty incredible stuff that that's a, a pretty good low light i just always dreaded the games against the islanders not even because i knew in my head that they would lose but because of how boring they would be like no one would score until like the third period and then they'd go to overtime it's like okay let's let's go let's waste more of my time as if i had anything else to do but it's fine so let's let's pivot. I think this is a good time to start talking about it because I hope Lancey shows up in the middle of this. But um, <laughs> what did we like? What didn't we like about this season? What would we like to see carried over to next season? What would we like to see maybe implemented in future seasons? Um, so top of my head, we got 56-game season, um, anything between 56 and 82. Uh then we got the kind of like baseball style, uh, go play a series against a team. Um, we got lots of division games, entirely division games. We got the new divisions. I never want to do these divisions again. Throw Good them call. out. That's, Forget yeah. they ever happened. Put them in the trash. Delete <laughs> that's, them. That's my answer on that one. Yeah. I never want to play the Capitals eight times in a season ever again. Honestly, ever again. Not even just like play them at all. Yeah, it's always entertaining though. To be fair. Yeah. Like I, I'm furious a lot of the time, but like yeah. <laughs> mostly because of Tom Wilson. 
I just don't need but Brandon Carlo getting more concussions. Yeah. yeah, I mean that I don't that I don't enjoy, obviously. Um really trying to avoid any more TBIs. Um I would also like to see um, you know, Toronto lose again in the first round. But maybe this time to the Bruins. That's something that they should keep that they've been doing the last yeah, few seasons. Yeah, I think they've been doing this. It's, it's really working. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. Yeah, you know, just keep running it back. I mean, the plays, the roots, everything, they just seem to really be working for them. I like it. Uh, I will say I like the series format. I think back-to-backs would be awesome. Um, I just think you have to spread them out enough in case, like, David Pasternak's injured for three days and it happens to be the three days you're playing against Tampa Lightning. Like, that would suck. So hopefully, you know, you spread them out enough that certain players who are injured for one will maybe come back. You know what I mean? You, you never know what's going to yeah. happen. Um, but yeah. I, I did like that. I like having that series, not, not a full series feel, but obviously with a sport like hockey where there's physicality, things that carry over and stuff like that, it adds a little bit more of a dynamic to each game, I think. Yeah, I, I liked it. And I think I think you can do it in like a two and two. Like if you're playing people, your teams in your division, you play play a team in your division four times maybe and you'll do like two at home two away and maybe have those as two separate series kind of spread out over the course of the season um i I think 56 is probably the right amount of games but Mm -hmm. you know if you do it if we're moving the divisions back and you're not only playing your division you need to include teams from other divisions teams from the other conference um so i think moving to like 60 something games like 64 68 games somewhere in that range probably the right move i don't think we need to do a full west coast trip and have the west coast come over to the east coast all in the same season i will say like just to to preface this i don't think this is gonna happen because the nhl is money-based and no like i just want to i don't want to like get anybody excited (laughs) here this is hypothetically speaking what we would like to see i don't want to like oh i'm I'm about to think this is gonna happen i'm about to dive even further into things that aren't gonna happen definitely so um but in a theoretical world this is what we'd like the league to be like yeah i don't know if you guys are yeah 82 game enthusiasts but i i think like quicker to the playoffs the better um increasing your chances that uh, you know that your team is healthy for that and you're not all worn out and I mean like we're not talking about 56 condensed games like we did this year um, do do like 64 spread it out and you know make sure your team's uh, as rested as possible going into the playoffs and um, fuck the record books because I'm gonna do this too um, we're moving the goalposts out one inch on each side. Let's do it. I don't it. like that. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest with you. Ah, man. That's going to be so much scoring. That's great. One like, inch on each side. Home runs are great. Goals are great. Yeah, I don't know. I just... Uh, there was so much like, scoring in the 80s. Think, Isn't that fun? Yeah, I don't know. I I think we have a good amount of score. I don't think the NHL has a scoring issue right now. Did you just watch that game? That was the <laughs> well, most boring... <laughs> Cam says after the Stanley Cup, I mean, okay, but but look, but look, I mean, like, bad luck, like, I, you know, I mean, like, like, your numbers guy, Chris, it's a one game out of scoring, yeah, but scoring's not up, scoring has not increased. I need something. I I guess I, you know, I'm a defenseman, so (laughs) my biases are showing, but I just think like we'd like to welcome on to the podcast uh, Nick Lanciani. I mean, Drew Johnson drinking a Corona. Did that just for Drew? Well, you did miss Drew. Drew came on for a yeah. hot second. Yeah. That's that's fine. I did miss you, you didn't need to see him. He was in no just kidding. Love you, Drew. Um, my point, Lancey, <laughs> we'll, we'll get your take here, is that I think part of what makes hockey and, like, scoring so special, I mean, obviously, is, is the rarity of it. It's that it's difficult. And I don't know. You, but if you increase it by 0.5 per game, is that going – your perception of the rarity of it is not going to increase I, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. Cam, as, so, as a season ticket bucks. holder for an indoor lacrosse team that routinely scores nine goals, that feels like just the right amount. Nine and goals. You're not going to get nine goals in a hockey game ever. I don't know. We're scoring, I just... we're scoring four goals. 
If the game I just I four Chris, to two, four to three all, instead I of three know, to three. Tampa, we need to put a disclaimer had in eight here. In the semifinal, you seem to forget that. Yeah. That was so much fun. <laughs> Are you willing for me to like? To, I'm going to publish this, and there's a chance that Cat Silverman listens to this and hears this. I just want to make it's sure you're prepared chance. for the. It's a very small chance, but I just want to make sure you're prepared for the backlash. Of I'll tell her right now. Proposing moving the goalie net and making them wider by one inch on each side. That's a post is a goalie's best friend for a reason, and that starts to change well, so that relationship a lot. <laughs> just so saying, here's, here's the thing. personal here. Here's the thing. They changed the goalie's pads like two years ago, three years ago, something like that. They adjusted just fine. And now goal scoring is right back down to where it was before. Uh, um, yeah, I, I it was a I don't know how big that were you that not entertained was. by a one nothing game? <laughs> Well, that's the thing, but goalies complained. They were like, hey, this sucks. Like, this is going to change my entire game. And then they adjusted just fine. I, I guess, it's yeah. Be the same I don't know. Thing. I guess I, the, there, oh, are, there are more Goalies are absolute freaks. They're hockey. not going to, yeah. Uh, I, I think yeah honestly, complain. if you think that just adding two inches, one inch on each side, is going to make that big of a difference, I'm probably going to go on the side of not really. Because if I train with something, I'm training with, you know, a little extra on the side because I'm weird like that. But, you know, I'm sure there's other goalies that are weird like that, too. So they kind of just have that down. It's it's just, you know, like you cut down your angles. You get out of the yeah. crease a little bit more. Just have you ever seen a, the puck. It's fine. Yeah. Have you ever seen a, a, a goalie, like, intentionally not catch a puck that was going to hit the post? Because they were like, well, the post is going to Well, no, no I think you're like, simplifying it, though. I mean, I, I think, like, like, theoretically, it doesn't seem like it's much. But, like, I feel like... I don't know. There's a. I think there's more factors going into play here. I would like to see it like it, I, you don't know, throw it in the AHL. And let's see what happens. I'm all down for that. All right. Okay. Cool. I'm Who just worried there? we're getting into like. I just don't want to creep into like fucking MLB throwing a runner on second base for the oh you know that bullshit territory because I'm not. You know okay. what I mean? We need. I'm of the mentality that you have to make a save for the action news. Speaking of drawing a line, no more offside. We're getting rid of it. Bad idea. I don't like that. <laughs> Get rid of delay of game. Get rid of icing. We're getting rid of delay of game. We're getting rid of offside. Delay of game is gone. Gone. Get it it's, out of here. This um, shit sucks. <laughs> the thing one we can all agree on is uh, either get rid of the loser point or we're going to three points for... Just uh, do three, two, one. Like, yeah, I, I, don't I'm make fine. me do yeah. more math. I was just like getting done with all bunch of stats. Don't make me do more math. <laughs> But Lancey, I also this is what we do. We make you do math. That's kind of our thing. I know. That's why Lancey I'm asking, asked me to do math tonight, and I, I said, did. "I don't know who you think you're talking to." I had sure. just uh, tally up shots and saves made by Price entering tonight, and then ideally no. after tonight, but um, it ended up not being that relevant. So she did a lot of work for nothing. And I didn't I do anything. I asked Bradley because I was doing math. If I can't count on my fingers, forget about it. Excellent delegation, Jess. Well done. That's why I'm a communications yeah. major. We don't do math. It's Amen. Where go these days. Pass the buck. Yeah. So I played a season. No I played a season of Chell with the uh, with no offside, and it's so much more fun. You know what? I did that as a kid because well, I played every video game with no rules on. Yeah, I the, mean, video teams, game versus. The teams adjust. Oh. It just makes things better. Like, oh, there's nothing more frustrating than like a good offensive possession being ruined by a puck that's just AI like adjust. barely out of the zone. Like, yeah, I don't know. Stupid. Again, I'm a well, defenseman, so like I'm saying, like, dude, like if I got Tampa Bay on me, how am I supposed to fucking clear the zone when I can't? You know what I mean? Like, ice. Are you getting make, rid of icing? Make clearing the zone center ice. In that regard, as much as it would annoy people, I would just add the the two minute rules of things you got two minutes to review something you got a minute to make a decision whether or not you want to challenge something if it's offside you got two minutes to review it and if it's 30 seconds after the potential offside that a goal was scored it's no longer relevant at that point i think I like a minute that. to decide is way too much i think you need like 20 seconds to decide, like whistle 20 yeah, seconds they, and you're not they have an instant feed that's want, that's why I'm, I'm narrowing it down they've got an instant feed i want somebody to be watch. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're saying a minute to decide if they want to challenge it. They have a video coach for a reason. Yeah. So, like, why do they need a minute? I'm talking Kim's 20 saying seconds. Less than that. I'm saying the whistle is blown Make for offside. If you don't, if you don't well, throw the flag 20 seconds, that's what I, I want it to be agreed. I say a minute because ideally the the 
resulting face-off no matter what occurs like a minute after right so i'm just giving them the normal amount of time instead of being like all right what's your call here are you gonna challenge are you not gonna challenge i don't know why don't we ask a few more people no just give him one minute face-off is in a minute if you make it less that's fine but one minute max yeah so my my thing with eliminating offside obviously it's not going to happen um no i just i I don't want teams like I mean, the Islanders are are not that bad anymore, but like, I don't want teams that just stack the neutral zone to be a thing anymore. I want teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs not to be some a team that other teams look at and go, "Yeah, we can't do that." Uh, like, we don't want as much offense as possible. We want to stack our defense and like make the game as boring as possible. I want teams to shoot for the sky, man. Go say, okay, we're the Maple Leafs. We can't find any good defensemen out there. So instead of throwing a, a ton of money at like bad defensemen who are the best available, go out and get more offense. Like why teams won't do that because they would rather pay the mediocre defensemen than the good offensive option if they already have offense. But to the, upper, the upper the upper limit doesn't exist Andrew. the lower limit exists you you can't force your opponent to score fewer than zero goals you can score eight goals you know what we should just bring back aggregate okay every series is two games however many goals you score that's what counts if you're the ottawa senators from way back in the day and you beat the dawson city nuggets 23 to 2 then that's it you won this series <laughs> Yeah, saved all my my spicy takes for the end of the season. (laughs) (laughs) This is getting interesting now. The end of the episode for the end of the season. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I'm just not precious about like record books and shit when like the game in the 1980s was a totally different game than it is now. Like goalies basically straight up for 20 years. (laughs) No, I don't really care about the records. I'm just, I'm more of like the the impact going forward. I'm I'm a little, but I'm willing to experiment a little bit. I'm just like, all right, if we want to really experiment, MLB scary. A team should have to challenge Tampa. Why is the MLB scaring you? It's becoming more fun. Is it? I don't know about the runner on second base thing. I like the rest of what's going on in Major League Baseball. I don't know about the runner on second base thing. I think it's a little cheap. It's just like no. it's baseball. You score a run. Like if you don't, then keep playing. I I don't know. You were already throwing like people into pitch. Like I would rather see fucking two center fielders on the mound in the fifteenth inning than so like just gonna ask a you shitty walk off on like a bloop single in the left field. And you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just I, I would rather teams just get wacky and be like, all right, we're these we're, we got three relievers available tonight. If we don't win it by eleven, we're throwing in the center fielder and let's fucking go. And it's you see the guy in. Whoever it was, like the Reds or whatever, like warming up last week, and he he looked ridiculous. Brett Phillips. Yeah, it was awesome. Like He's I need even more. Got a that. ridiculous name. Not to make this a baseball Two podcast, but to solve the extra innings crap, they changed from a regular baseball to a wiffle ball and a wiffle ball bat. You start playing wiffle ball after eleven. I feel like that would make it harder to hit because they throw like yourself two extra innings and then you just play. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever played wiffle ball on a baseball field, but uh, hitting it out of the infield would be really impressive. Here's the catch: you make it one pitcher and one batter. No metal bats. Pitcher has to go field the ball before the the runner advances. Metal bats. Metal bats. It's a combination of banana ball. Pitcher gets to go behind a a screen. Ninety percent. Fatalities. <laughs> like, well, no, you you have a pitching screen out there. We, we allow the that. catcher to have a sword just in case we get really inventive. <laughs> okay, Alan Walsh, settle down. Thing. All right, we're also fixing basketball. We're going to the uh like the All Star Game format that they used a couple of years ago. Oh, I was just gonna yeah. say, bring back the peach basket, and whoever gets it in first wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basketball yeah, can just get it out unless you have a ladder. So, all right, James Naismith. Um, you know, when fix, I was in Ottawa, did we here's fix all story. four sports? Uh, when I was in Ottawa, someone sorry. asked me if I've ever been to the Basketball Hall of Fame, and I was like, uh, no, it's like the equivalent of whatever you have here that's cool and in your backyard. So I drive by it all the time, never been. There's a story, since mm. I know you like random stories. I got stuck in an elevator there. I, do. I got stuck in an elevator on the day of my dad's wedding. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Interesting, yeah. It had windows though, so that was clutch. So it, was, it was like a good elevator to be stuck in if oh. you were stuck in an elevator. Perfect yeah. elevator yeah. to be stuck in. 
get a view of the outside world that you don't get to be part of for however yeah. long it takes the fire department you to watch get the you fire out. department get there we're like hey there they are <laughs> and if they what don't do start showing up then you just watch everyone walk by and laugh and you're like hey man that's not cool so lance then... you just you just missed our our little uh wrap-up segment for the season um anything to contribute for maybe like a season highlight doesn't have to be Bruins can be anything. And then kind of like a season low light. Uh, it's, it's over. So that's a high, I mean, no, <laughs> what do I do now without hockey? Uh, think about the expansion draft and everything else. Highlights from the season, Colorado and Vegas was fun. I mean, not, not necessarily the series itself, the series, but yeah. down the line, the battle for the president's trophy. That was a fun uh, last couple of weeks, ultimately, because you know, you had, Toronto, Carolina, Tampa was even in the running for a little while. Florida, of all teams, in the running for a little while. And then uh, the two teams that pulled away just, uh, well, their playoff experience wasn't so happy for them, now was it? Lowlights, all the controversies that they want to sweep under the rug. Yeah, that's bad. Not not so great. And, you know, as much as people have said, oh, NBC's coverage has been meh for years now or especially this season whatever they did a decent job finishing things up tonight so gotta give them proper kudos stole my line not not necessarily you know whatever sometimes people want to make you know the oh they want to pick and choose this guy did this or they still gave montreal the what if scenarios but but overall the presentation itself like there weren't too many bumps in the road so that was i think i think the stanley cup finals coverage was was better than yeah. Than the previous series and mostly exactly. because uh pierre McGuire wasn't involved correct um i also just want to interrupt and say another highlight of the season was um tony d'angelo getting sucker punched then getting joining the unemployment line yeah whatever happened there yeah was... don't really know and then, well, we know what happened. The buyout window opens soon. But he didn't put on his strap on his working boots or whatever the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't just comply or whatever they say. I don't know. And then his burner account. <laughs> oh wait, no, his burner. Legend. was definitely legend. Legend burner account. That, yeah, yeah like, alleged. Please don't sue me, Tony D. Alfredo. Legend burner account. <laughs> Speaking of Alfredo, great recipe. Uh, <laughs> Now, I don't know if anyone's mentioned it, but Alex Killorn, by the way, had a broken fibula in his left leg. He, I know he played it like two more I'm sorry, what did one. you just say? The he fibula? had a broken fibula in his left leg. That's so tough, that's man. why he wasn't able to play tonight. Now, he wanted to play, but he couldn't. And if you remember in the last game, he warmed up, but didn't take part in line rushes. So as yes, we so normally like to say around these neck of the, neck of the woods, uh, not ideal to try basically, to play through an injury. You have health insurance, only- use it. Basically, the only way to break your fibula is in like a car accident or literally by taking a puck off taking the back of your leg. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which he did in game one. Yeah. So he's been playing for like, he played like three games. I'm telling him he to beef up like half muscles. Three shifts after he broke his fibula, basically. Okay. Um, so triple Gregory Campbell. Yeah. So maybe we just All like the three shouldn't times let players do that. <laughs> Gregory Campbell, famously a, a wimp. Please come on our podcast. <laughs> Pat Maroon, famously three times better than Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cam, I'm putting in the papers for you to be fired. It's That's all right. I'm putting, I'm, I'm out. I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, gone. didn't we tell you? This is actually how we introduce Jess and I to replace Cam and Drew. <laughs> well, get in line, actually. Yeah. We got we got Cat and Chanel. Like, yeah, kids. Yeah. So you can also join Tony D'Angelo in the unemployment line. Let me know how that goes. Do we bring up Hershey again, or should I just tell Hershey? No, that I think you should. I think it, you probably should. It was just, just uh, something had happened apparently with an accident down the road, and it smelled terrible. <laughs> Wait. So fun fact. Uh, so Victor Hedman finished the playoffs with the highest point total. Yep. Um, Charlie McAvoy tied for second uh, with Alex Petrangelo. Um, He's Victor really had, good. Victor Hedman had 18 points. Charlie McAvoy had 12 ahead of Kale McCarr. Who almost won the Norris, but didn't because he was hurt for so many games. Yeah, I think Adam Fox was a, a worthy winner. I just uh, I was just going to ask a follow-up question there. 
should injuries matter when it comes to awards? And if so, how many games do you have to miss for it to really factor into it? I feel like it's so subjective. How you know how good is the competition? Like if Victor had well, Victor having this bad example. <laughs> if Charlie if Adam Fox, or Charlie Mack, you know, if somebody has a really good season and they get hurt for twenty games, but they're still clearly above the rest, and yeah, but if it's like a year like this, then I don't, I don't have a problem with giving to Fox, even though McCarr maybe would have won it otherwise. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because I go back to like twenty nineteen when they were like, Oh, O'Reilly over Bergeron for the Selkie. It's like, but Bergeron, you know. In an 82-game season, he still played, like, 65. I don't think that matters that much in the broad scope of yeah, things. Yeah, that's... They're literally... They're going to rename points. the award after Bergeron anyways, so, like, just give it to him. This is not to be like, oh, Bergie should have won it the two times oh, that he I... hasn't won it, but, like, that's that's my thought when it comes to injuries. If it's an 82-game season and you miss less than 20, I don't think it should really matter how many yeah, games I mean, you're out for. The, the guy's won it plenty of times. It's just one of those things where it's, like people get sick of seeing his name and are like, well, I mean, awesome. like he must, he must be bad now. So like, he must be getting worse. I think we're all just, it's kind of like re- everyone reverse psychologizing themselves. Right. But then in, in the weird case of the Norris this year, because it was two 23 and under players. And then, you know, Hedman who somehow was a finalist this season. I'm not saying he had a bad year. Obviously he didn't. He, he didn't cup, have a good like, year. He, he wasn't, top notch like jacob slavin could have been third and that would have been fine but uh you know like fox and mccarr clearly in their prime or getting to the peak of their prime and because mccarr missed so many games oh well it's adam fox it's fine but it's it just i don't understand when people try to make the argument well that brother missed so many games that's you know that's they're just they can't stay healthy they have a problem it's like no well no. If Charlie McAvoy translates any of this playoff point scoring to the regular season, uh, and literally because any the of it to the, North the power play to uh, a two way game, he will definitely be a uh, a finalist next year, and uh, I hope sure. he wins it. It's like Marshan in the heart. Maybe next year. Go Chucky! Woo! Perennial contender if he can add the power play shot. Classic cam over there talking while he's muted. Yeah, hey, you did it earlier. Sorry. Yeah. Um, not to poop of the party, guys, but I got to wrap this soon. It is twelve twenty in the morning, and I need to work tomorrow. So. Yeah, I'm having to work. Please take my job. Please, I don't <laughs> you want to show up tomorrow, man? Please. Well, see, I'm off for the rest of the week from being out of work, but I'm off for the rest of the week because I've got a wedding to go to over the weekend. So I'm, I'm glad this, the series ended now so I can go to the wedding and then come back and write a bunch of things about the expansion draft and entry draft. Yeah, it's stay tuned. Go check those after it's after 9.15 and I haven't eaten dinner yet. So um, Chris needs a burrito right now. Oh, stop. I want a burrito so bad. Okay, Uh, we all want burritos right now. Yeah, so Lancey, where can we find your work? (laughs) Down the frizzleriver.com. That's uh, it's a place that I've made. Jess, we introduced you, but give us a go. Um, Locked on Flames Monday through Friday, and then Locked on NHL on Wednesdays, as well as down the frozen down the frozen river dot com. She's our resident Calgary Flames uh, keeper upper. She keeps up with all the notes and stuff. Right on. Hell yeah! All right. Well, as always, guys, thank you. As always, that guys, okay, I'm trying to take over my hosting duties. <laughs> I think we decided last uh, yesterday to, to split it. Um, we, we couldn't determine who was actually supposed to be hosting. Now, now does this work like Coldplay where it's 40, 20, 20, 20? Or, you know, like, how do you work with the proceeds? Anyway. Not catching that <laughs> reference, but yeah. How Lancey okay. wraps it up for you? Can Lancey, can you wrap the show for us? Uh, thanks for stopping by, everyone. And uh, now what do we do until... The preseason now? starts in September because we talk about we, we talk we, about, we could go off the rails. about trading for Johnny Gaudreau. We could talk no, we, more we talk about trading for Dino stuff if yeah, we even NC, care about NC that Dinos. anymore. Oh, of course we do. How, when wouldn't we care about the NC Dinos? Tani has now passed our, our KBO champion NC Dinos. Um, we we stand the Dinos. Uh, also trades for Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, 
we're, we're going to talk about how that's never going to happen, but I would love for it to happen. <laughs> that's um, our next episode is the Tarasenko show. It's, it's just the Tarasenko episode. I'll wear my I'll wear my Tarasenko shirt. I have yeah. I have a shirt that just says Tarasenko. We should on do it. an entire. It episode. doesn't have. It doesn't say anything about the blues. It just says Tarasenko on it. <laughs> Let's just do an entire episode, like just like as if the Bruins have already traded for Tarasenko and talk oh. about how he's going to fit in and what okay, line talk about the second line. Like yeah, Taylor Hall, David Krejci pushes Craig Smith down to the third line and gives. Uh, and if you run out of ideas, Charlie just Coyle that for the rest of the roster. So <laughs> suddenly the Bruins assign Blake Coleman for the third line, and you know Pat Maroon because they want to assure themselves of winning the cup, yeah. and and so on and the so key, forth. Key piece. All right. Episode yeah, sixty. Work in the morning. In the books. Bye. Bye, y'all.